Hey guys, how we doing? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. You've got Matt and Tyler and the Coda Bear and the Studio Cats, the Podcats, as we like to call them. They are uh, off hiding, Mr. Felix and Mr. Cake. And today we have got a great one for you. Uh, all of our guests so far have been awesome. We love we, we love the opportunity to talk to some really talented people that are here in Nashville, Tennessee. It is Music City. If you, you can sing. You can write. There's a lot that people can do down here. And everybody does it. Everybody does it. Everybody plays. Everybody sings. Hollywood with a touch of twang. Be a star. You got a bang, bang, bang. What song? Crazy Town, Jason Aldean. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's why we're partners, buddy. Pound it. So the guy we have on today, certain people just have that it factor, that it where it's like you drop what you're doing. Holy shit, this cat can sing. Why haven't I heard of him or her? Yeah. And uh, this guy's got it. He's a humble, super nice guy as well. I got that vibe from him at least, right? Didn't you, Tyler? Yeah, he's a great guy. I've hung out with him a couple of times, uh, seen him at work all the time, like every time, just the nicest dude. Cares about you, care about how your day is going, man. Just first, a great guy. And first time you heard him singing, you were like, you just stop what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think I was like playing video games or something like that, and I heard it on somebody's phone. And I literally like paused the game, turned around, and was like, who was that? And for me, like, I'm in live music. Like, I, I You hear people that sing well all the time. It's my 40-hour-a-week job. Yes. You know, like... That's what my job is. That's yeah. what pays the bills for me is to listen to people sing and do all that kind of stuff and produce people and all that. And it's very rare nowadays that I go, who is that? And this guy, first time, it was just like, holy crap. And then people started playing me more and more of them, and it never stopped. Like yeah. every time he opens his mouth. So he's a boy from Carolina. Carolina absolutely can. We talk about his Christian background. We talk about how he got into music and how he ended up here in Nashville, Tennessee. He's a guy that's taken advantage of a lot of great opportunities. That's been in the right place at the right time, and it couldn't be happening for a better guy. Y'all get ready. Gear up for this one. Grab your bridges. It's time to go in the round with none other than Mr. Jacob Lutz. Tyler, hit that music. What is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. We're hanging out in the studio. Got an awesome guest here today, right, Tyler? Oh, yeah, man. Like, one that we have been very excited about getting, a guy that uh, our buddy Colton Parker was like, you have to get this guy. He just moved to town. He's a good buddy of mine. And uh, we've started working with you downtown, and we've gotten to know you a bit better, and we were able to set something up. It's a guy that can freaking sing. It's a guy that can write. It's a guy that'll... You have a lot of good times with that we enjoy spending time with downtown here in Nashville. It's our buddy Jacob Lutz. Jacob, how you doing, brother? Good, man. How you guys doing? Doing all right. Thanks it, for uh, having me. Yeah, no problem, buddy. No problem. So let's get right to it. So you've been to town. It feels like you've been in town for a long time. It does. Yeah. And you've been here, what, two months? I've been here just a little bit less than two months. But um, I was telling you, like I was saying earlier, um, I'm from North Carolina, and uh, in Raleigh, you just don't go out every night. There's not stuff to do, like, on Wednesday or definitely not on Monday and Tuesday. And so just being downtown every, you know, every night, either running sound or just hanging out with people, it feels like I've been, you know, here a long time. It's so, a lot, right? Yeah. The day you, you forget what day it is. Yeah. That's my biggest problem. Like, I put something up. I think it was on my Instagram where I put like a uh, way back Wednesday and then I had a buddy text and be like, dude, it's Tuesday. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> it's so true, man. It's it, so true. It and also like with it. us, like, you know, especially me and you, like the way we work, like your Monday is Saturday and my yeah. Monday is like Wednesday usually. My weekend's Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, it's all, so it's it's, all over it's the all place. It's all over the place for us. Yeah, but how you like being in town? 
Dude, I've loved it. Um, my first day is when I met Colton and all these guys. And um, I was I unpacked the U-Haul and I went straight to a rehearsal. And as soon as that happened, I knew like I was going to love it here. I was like, there's so many talented people here trying to pursue what I'm pursuing. And there's no feeling like that. So it's cool. So backing up, going way back in the in the early part of Mr. Jacob Lutz here. So you started out, you come from a spot that's kind of a honey hole for producing great country singers, <laughs> great musical acts as of late. There, there's that saying, Carolina can, and mm-hmm. uh, coming from North Carolina. So what part of Carolina are you from? I'm from a small town uh, called Clayton, North okay. Carolina. It's a little bit to the east of Raleigh. Okay. And so it's about 45 minutes outside of there. Okay, sweet. And uh, when did you start doing this music thing? Um, my parents were um, pastors. They were actually like worship leaders and stuff. So I grew up in the church, and um, I started as a drummer when I was 11. My dad used to be a drummer, so I'd watch him, and that just, that's where I started was drumming. And so uh, I guess 11 as a drummer is uh, kind of my start. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really start singing until later on. Our worship stuff, that's something I don't really know a whole lot about coming from up north. Like the worship bands yeah. and all that, that seems to be a huge thing down here. Like that seems yeah, to be is. the way so many people get involved in music. I mean, that's part of the way that I got involved in music, you know, was like whenever I was younger, there would be bands that came to our church. You know, I was in church before I was born, you know, like ever since the womb I've been in church. But like, um, you know, that's how my parents noticed that I had an interest in music because a band would come and I literally would just sit there the whole time and wouldn't move. And for me, that was literally something that never happened in church. Like I'd fall asleep or I'd be running around all the time. But like a band comes to town and takes over, you know, like I would just sit there and was literally mesmerized. And it seems like that's the way a lot of guys get started. Like, I mean, as rough as Brantley Gilbert looks with his tattoos and riding on the bike, that's how he got started was playing, playing leading worship at his church in Georgia, Florida Georgia line. They got linked oh, wow. up at Belmont playing, leading the right. same worship services. I didn't know like, that. Yeah. Like yeah. It's that, that. So that's another, wow. that's a cool thing. Like a lot of like your big guys, like, you know, Timberlake, Gaga, Katy Perry, like those people started off in the Christian industry and started yeah. playing in church and stuff. And the Christian industry kind of was like, mm, don't think so. And then they come to the pop side and are the superstars they are now. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, even for yeah. me, like, um, I mean, obviously I was in church, you know, since I was my, I think my parents' first day as pastors, I was like seven, like eight days old or something like that. And so I didn't miss any church growing up. Uh, maybe for like a soccer tournament here or there, I, I would miss a weekend. But um, yeah, I was always in church. And so I even was trying to write. When I started songwriting, uh, I don't know, when I was like 18, I tried to write. I was still a worship leader. I tried to write Christian stuff, and it was fine. It was good, but um, for some reason, it was always easier for me to uh, to write the secular stuff. Like, I don't know. It just came to me a little bit easier, and so it's been it's been a fun a fun ride as far as songwriting with people here. I was the same way as you. Like, I did write Christian stuff for a while. I was in a worship like ministry program yeah. and all in college yeah and so we were forced to write christian stuff but for me like you know as far as like christian a secular song is it's probably 20 to 1 mm-hmm. you know and every yeah. now and then i'll even have that kick where i'm like all right like this yeah. has come to me but like you know for me i always felt like with worship music like i was put with a box like i couldn't say this or couldn't go there with a right. song and so like yeah with secular stuff there's not that there's not as much stuff to write about that yeah for sure yeah i, I definitely understand that so when did you make the jump to like 
realized like, hey, I can do this. Like I can go to Nashville and I can do this because there is, you know, there's a lot of people. I mean, songwriter is the number one, I would say, occupation in the in the city limits of Nashville, Tennessee, maybe the entire section of Middle Tennessee. Yeah. For that matter. So what made you feel like I can pack up from Carolina, from Clayton, North Carolina, <laughs> yeah. and come to town and uh, try to do something? Well, my parents wanted me to move to, uh, they wanted me to move to Nashville probably for a couple years before I, before I actually did. And um, I was like, I'm not going. I, I had a job in, uh, in Raleigh. What were, you, what were you doing? I wasn't working in the church. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. So you were really into it. Oh, okay. I, I was working in the church, yeah. And so like I had a little studio there and recording and um, so that's what I was doing and I was happy. I was making, you know, I was making money. I was playing gigs here and there, not, you know, not nearly as much as, as what you can hear, but I was, you know, I was making ends meet and, uh, playing music. So I was happy. And, uh, and then I met this guy, Hubert, Hubert Payne. He plays drums for Little Big Town. And like my parents had been wanting me to move here for so long. And I just said, I'm not moving there. There's too much competition. I don't know anyone. And I said, if I'm going to move there, then every door here is going to have to close and every door there is going to have to open. And it's going to have to be super obvious. It's going to have to take a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How Real quick sidetrack. How was the music scene in that Raleigh area? The music scene in the Raleigh area is completely different than here. And that's understandable because obviously this is Music City. But um, there's just not nearly as many people pursuing full time. And I think that's the difference. I think here, everyone's like, music is the end goal. Were you able to gig, though? Because I know there's a lot of colleges in the area. There's what, like a triangle? Yeah. The schools? Well, the, I, I actually, Carolina. there are, yeah, obviously UNC, Duke, NC State, all those three. But, there's um, a Wake Forest in that, too. Oh, well, yeah, Wake Forest there, too. Um, I wasn't playing at schools, really. I was trying to do the more higher-end things, the, the stuff that I could make more money doing. Okay. Uh, so I was at, you know, wine bars. And really, you're just background music there. So the two main differences between Nashville and Raleigh as far as the music scene is less people are pursuing full-time. That's not the end goal for people in Raleigh. And here, you can see how restaurants are built around stages. Yeah. They're literally built so that you're paying attention to, oh, the, yeah. to it's, the music. It's a music venue right. that also serves food right. and drinks. Exactly. And we're like, you know, as sound guys at where we work, you know, I know I'm trying to keep it like around 95, maybe 100 decibel. Right. Like hundreds, like max for me, but like, you know, that's a nighttime shift for me Mm -hmm. too. Like, you know, no other place is allowing a band to get to that level outside of Nashville, really, unless it's like an actual concert venue. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because when you're, when you're riding that high audio wise, people can have conversations, right? And so, um, there you, it would be low in Raleigh. It'd be, you know, way lower than that. Not even close to that. Your background music. When you're an around. acoustic guitar, like finger picked, yep. is like acoustic what guitar, they want. Maybe a piano, yep. something on that level. Mellow, so, all so, acoustic. So stuff. was all, was it all covers? Oh yeah, definitely covers. What was your go? Um, what was your go to cover? Where it's like <laughs> I'm playing the Raleigh Winery. I got to play this. Well, if I'm playing, if I was playing like a wine bar, it's definitely different. I could play some like old school Maroon Five, like songs about Jane. Like I could play some old school stuff like that. If it was a wine bar, but then you're sometimes you are at a bar that's a little bit more country, and so. Um, I don't know. I go, I go to like Tennessee whiskey and stuff like that. Okay, I, I love some Chris Stapleton. You love man. the soul. Oh, You're I just love... a soulful bastard, aren't you? <laughs> I love, dude. I love soul. I love it. Uh, Chris Stapleton blows my mind. I also when Je- when Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton started working together, that was like my dream. 
pairing for and sure. Timberlake's a Tennessee guy like yep. he loves he Memphis. loves Nashville yeah, yeah, yeah he loves he loves the that that scene and that Absolutely. that soul a lot of people forget about that Absolutely. the stuff that he used to do and whatnot now Hubert that's a big name to be a big guy. So how does that get connected? Where was he in Carolina? Like was that a Carolina connection? Was that a he sees you playing out kind of connection? Yeah. Or how'd you guys um, get linked up? Literally just uh I get I get a random message on my Instagram. Uh, I hadn't actually been posting for a while and I was just like, I need to get back into this and I posted and I get a message from from Hubert and I didn't know who he was at the time. He didn't say, Hey, I'm a drummer for Little Big Town. He was just like, dude, I love what you're doing. Would love to make music with you one day. And uh it's funny, I just recently went back and tried to like find out when he sent me that. April sixth, uh, twenty eighteen is when he sent me that. And he just said, I would love to make music with you one day. And I said, Absolutely, man. I started as a drummer and because he told me he was a drummer. And so we just found that common ground real quick. And he said, well, you should come do a show of ours. And I said, of course, I'll be there. Tell me when and where. And he tells me the Greensboro Coliseum, which is, a, which is an arena. It's a big you know venue. I mean? So yeah. I was like, what? I kind of just laughed and was like, what are you doing there? Like, who are you playing for? And he said, Little Big Town. And I was like, dude, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. So he left me, uh, he left me ticket at Will Call. And I show up. That's about an hour drive from where I was from. And uh i just raced down there i had i had work uh, you know i had like band practice that night and i left early and i just raced down there i made it right before right before little big town came out and i sat second row and like dead center second row it was awesome and they were amazing and uh then i i hung out after and he you know he brought me backstage and i got to meet i got to meet all those guys and that's where i met akil Thompson, which we ended up working on uh, a couple songs later on in the year. But yeah, when I first met Hubert, it was Instagram and then went to a show of his. And so it's pretty cool, dude. Instagram is a powerful thing. That's just kind of how it works in this industry, too, is just people get linked up through through different different things and whatnot. But that's so cool. Now, was it a certain video that he saw you singing or was it just kind of the whole what you had on your what you had on your feet? As I think it was just an overall thing. Uh, it might've been the latest video I posted. Cause like I said, I hadn't posted in a while. So that could have grabbed his attention, but you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, I think almost anybody can sound good in one video. Yeah. And so if, you know, most people will go to that profile and just kind of check out, is this kid really, yeah. is he really got it like to this level or did he just get lucky in that video? You know? And you've got a pretty good base on there too. You've got a nice, nice little following for a guy that's just kind of <laughs> getting here. Now, how did, um, how do you get a lot of, lot of traction? Like when you're putting something up where you're like, where, where you're getting people from all over the place kind of jumping oh, in yeah. at you? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really was taking my Instagram seriously. Uh, a while back before I met Hubert and uh, just engaging with a lot of people. And if you want to reach people outside of your, you know, 50 mile radius, then you want to be online. Like that's how you reach people across the country. That's how you reach people in other countries. Yeah. Um, So it's just, if you're not on social media, you're not going to be very relevant. And, and that's sad kind of to some yeah, people, you know, yeah, some people like, think that's sad. It's all about the shadow boxes right. and all, all what's popping up up there. Right, exactly. Because, you know, everyone knows that our generation is all up in their phone. But um, as far as for a career and business mindset with music, you have to be like, there's not really a choice if you want that to be your life. So, you know, you play the game, you got to do what you got to do. But 
Um, it is really fun, you know, when you do post something and you're getting a lot of engagement with fans, you're interacting with fans, and, and that's why we do what we do. People tell me how uh, it helped them through a breakup or, or whatever, like they're in that place and they really needed to hear it that day. Like stories like that and fans talking to you and telling you uh, how much they needed to hear that or just how blessed they were or how much they loved hearing you sing or whatever. Like that's so awesome to me. I love that. So so that's Jacob Lutz, the singer. Now, Jacob Lutz, the writer, and this is in the round where we talk about the writing side of things. You and Tyler were really getting getting a good vibe before talking about how, I mean, it just seems like so easy. You were playing us some stuff before Mm -hmm. and whatnot, but you were saying how you kind of just need to do it, like just Mm -hmm. to like stay like centered kind of thing. Like it's just like a release, like you have to do it. Like as a writer, even you, if you want to touch upon this, Tyler, like what is that like, like that kind of like where music is like therapy kind of thing where you just got to kind of let it out? I mean, for me, it at times becomes like a sacred thing where, you know, you're sitting there and you're writing and, you know, you're not writing for a mass audience at that time. You're writing for yourself. Um, I had a guy tell me one time, he's like, write a song for a thousand people and it'll sing, be sang by a few. Write a song for a few and it'll be sang by a thousand and, you know, a lot of times I feel like that's where a bunch of the bigger songs come out of um, from back in the day was, you know, it wasn't somebody that was writing to, you know, sing to thousands of people. You're not trying to write a hit record. Right, right. You're, you're, you're not trying to something like, personal. You don't, honestly, man, you don't have a care about what anybody else is feeling. Like at that time, whenever you're writing and it's therapeutic, you're writing for yourself. You're, you know, Jacob touched on this earlier and I think I have two before, like it's your voice. Like that's how you're getting out your emotions. Like, you know, I know like stuff, I don't have the greatest ability to voice my, like how I'm feeling at the time, but I can write a song in 20 minutes and you'll know exactly how I feel. Yeah, dude, I definitely agree with that for sure. Um, As far as singer songwriters go, like if you're writing a song that has no meaning to you, when you sing it, people will be able they won't feel nothing you know what i mean it ain't gonna be shit right exactly but if you're writing a song like like tyler was saying if it's if it means the world to you and you were in that moment at the time when you go to record that or when you go to sing it live um people will feel what you are feeling and you know if you're if you're really truly expressing what's inside of you and what you were going through in that moment the rawness of of the vocal because of where you are in life, like those emotions are going to come across and people are going to feel something and they're going to be able to relate. And that as, as far as the success of a song is like people just being in the same place as you, like they're just relating to where you were in that moment. And that's why it's so powerful. Like, that's why I have to do it. Now, are there there songs that you won't play for people that are just so deep and heavy? Like, are there songs you guys have? (laughs) Right. So again, I've, I've, I've got nothing as far as songwriting and whatnot. I've been at writers things where I've had buddies like that I happen to be hanging out with and then they'll just get an idea and they'll just bring the guitars out and start picking. Mm -hmm. And I'll just be kind of off in the corner, like playing Xbox or doing Uh something. But for you guys, like, are there songs that are that deep where you're like, I, I'm not ready to share this right (laughs) now. Yeah, definitely. Like, I have a notebook that I keep back home. And the other day, my mom actually texted me. and was like, hey, I found this notebook. Uh, can I throw it away? And I was like, no, don't touch it. Don't open it. Put it back <laughs> where it was. Yeah. It's like your diary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, dude. Um, and some that I may not ever play for anybody, dude. Some of those songs are me at my most vulnerable state. And I think, I think at some point, yeah, step out and, like, trust. But 
it's a scary, I mean, as a songwriter, you're being vulnerable. Like literally your job is to be vulnerable and share what you're going through. Like yeah, that's a scary thing. There's times where there are songs that are like literally your kids. Like, mm-hmm. you you know, these things are so personal and to share that and to go to somebody and be like, that's eh, all right. Like that, that hits you on a deeper level than yeah. other Which songs. has got to be crazy. Like for, for, as a writer to, when somebody else cuts your song and it's that one of those deep ones, that's got to be a tough feeling. That's got to be something that's tough in this town. I'm when sure. you're getting a, when you're getting a, when you, when you're doing, doing that kind of thing. Like if you've got a really deep one, like, shit. I mean, it could be, it could be better though that they cut it because oh, no, you're absolutely. almost hiding. Absolutely. You're almost you're, able you're to hide in behind the back it. Unless somebody's looking at like composer credits and right. looking on like BMI and things like that. Right. So as far as your writing, uh, how's co-writing been for you in town? It's very new to me. Um, right. Is that something that I yeah. hear from a lot? Like, like with our buddy Dave, who came down from Jersey, he had yep. been writing by himself for years and yep. then came down here and he said, it's, it's such a different thing to get used to. Like it's mm-hmm. awesome, but it, it takes some getting used to. Yeah. There there's give and take for sure. I mean, in Raleigh, I wasn't really co-writing too much. Um, but it is a different animal for sure. There's no, it's good, and sometimes it can be kind of annoying, you know. I, at least in my opinion, it's it's, you have, it's like working with it's like going to work and working with a team on a project, mm-hmm. or working at a school yep. on a school project with yep. somebody. It's give and take. Like if you have this line, no, I really think we got. I think we should use this line. I'm, I'm feeling it. It feels great. And you know, somebody else is like, ah, I don't really know. I don't really know about it. It's just like realizing. Um, which lines to choose or which ideas to really fight for. But at the same time, you got to keep in mind the big picture and, and the overall message. And all of us are viewing that message differently, which is how it's, is how that song is going to turn out super powerful is, is if everybody kind of shares their two cents in that song of how they see it, you know? Now, are you a guy that'll come out with more words, or are you more the melody guy? Are you more the guitar guy, or do you not like to put a label on it? I can sing melody all day. Okay. I got I got melodies for days, for sure. Um, if the topic means something to me, I could write a, I could write lyrics, like he, like Tyler was saying, in 20 minutes. If it means something to me, I'll, I'll knock it. Like this song that I'll play for you guys in a bit, this one that I wrote last night, I had everything I needed to say, and... Uh, and, you know, within an hour, I had recorded, you know, I had recorded a little demo of it within an hour, just acoustic guitar and vocals. But that's lyrics, the whole story, you know. And so it's got to mean something if for the lyrics, at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. Damn, man. Damn. So so going back to coming coming into town and whatnot real quick, uh, what's been your favorite part of just being like in Nashville besides just going out downtown and enjoying the the party that is Nashville? Because right. that's what everybody thinks. It's like, I get buddies that are texting me all the time like, you must be loving it. It looks like just a, yeah. a bachelor party 24 <laughs> which at times it can be. We've right. had a lot of nights that end when the sun's yeah. coming up and whatnot. But but for you, what's, what's the uh, favorite part where you're like, I'm so happy I did this? Uh, I think there's probably two things. There's just like this first initial experience that I had that I share with you. Um, like I said, I was going to this garage, my friend Matt's garage, to rehearse. And so my first day here, like I said, I went to that garage and I sung with those guys and they're so good. Colton was there, Trevor McKay, Hubert's playing drums, Matt, you know, uh, Johnny, my friend, uh, he's on the road with, with uh, Hunter as well. So I was playing with with those guys the first day singing with them. Well, 
I actually moved in on January 7th. That was my first day. And so we had another rehearsal on that Wednesday. And I'm in there, you know, singing with the guys. I was loving it. And Hubert just nonchalantly kind of goes, hey, Hunter Hayes is on his way over here. (laughs) And I'm just like, you mean to this garage that we're in right now practicing? Don't get me wrong. It's not like a stingy garage. Like yeah. he's redone this garage. It's really nice. Uh, it's a really nice rehearsal space. But we're still in a we're we're in a shed, you know. And so um, Hunter Hayes is on his way, and of course, as soon as Hunter gets there, we're doing the song that I'm you know that I'm about to sing on. And I'm just like, oh man, this is great. But I'm really scared, you know. At the yeah. same time, this is my third day really in Nashville. My second, you know, second or third day really living here and hunter hayes is about to watch me you know sing and i'm just i'm already nervous with a group that is very good that those guys are no slouches that you're playing with yeah so i was already i was already nervous because those guys were so good and and then to add him into that into that mix was was crazy and it's funny like a week later those guys had an official audition to become his band and then he ended up hiring them and now they're all overseas, you know, touring. So <laughs> that was my first week or so. Did um, you get to talk with Hunter at all? Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because Hunter is like about to leave. He comes up to me. It's crazy. It's First off, it's crazy that I, I now talk about Hunter and just like by his first name. Just say Hunter. Yeah, because yeah, I've hung out, you know, we hung out since then, which was really awesome. But um, yeah, so at the end, he's about to leave that rehearsal and he just comes up to me. You know, I was like, hey, man, so good to meet you. Like, thanks for hanging out. He's like, dude, your your voice is really good. Like, it's intimidating. And I was just like, holy crap, I've made it. <laughs> I've made it. Like, it's all good from here. Yeah. And um, so that was huge. That was a huge boost from not only just like just to get that compliment, but just for my confidence, you know, to have Hunter Hayes say that to me was was a big deal. On your second or third day right. in town. Exactly. Yeah. So it was that was freaking awesome. The other the other. um Kind of pleasant surprise coming from Raleigh, being outside of the Nashville scene looking in. I think, at least I did, a lot of people probably have this assumption that the best of the best are in Nashville, and it's, you better bring your A game, or else you're going to be in a in a tough spot, and I bet you it's super competitive, and there's a bunch of weird tension, because we're all pursuing the same thing. Yeah, a lot of clicks and right, things like that. Yeah. Right, and so, but when I got here... And I don't know, maybe it's just those first guys, this first batch of people that I've kind of met, they've all been super supportive. And we're all trying to do the same thing, but everyone supports each other, and it's so different than what I was thinking. I was thinking people were going to you know, see me as a threat and maybe not even get along with me or whatever, but since I've been here, like I met Skylar Anderson. I met Skylar Anderson at— Great, dude. Yeah, at Whiskey. So I met him at Whiskey Jam my, my, like a week from when I moved in, I went to Whiskey Jam and it was packed, like shoulder to shoulder. I met Skylar Anderson through Colton and, you know, he's doing the exact same thing I'm trying to do. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's cool. Maybe we'll kind of support each other. But no, he texts me four days later, dude, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to gig with me? I was like, dude, this is awesome. This is so cool because it's just not what I was expecting. So yeah. that community is way different than I was, you know, I was expecting from moving from Raleigh. So. Yeah, and that's something that I've I've picked up on too. Coming down from from a place like New York, mm-hmm. where it's very competitive right, and yeah. people are very much like what you thought Nashville would be, but you come down here and it's just everybody 
playing music and sharing cool experiences together and and everybody's trying to do the same thing but it's like a family environment and and the best thing it's i remember uh brandon ray said this to me once i was out in san diego with him and some crazy thingy and uh he was like dude it's all about the hang it's all about the hang just hanging and making friends and nothing like crazy business so i was like some of the best some of the biggest deals that go down are like sitting at the bar at losers like it's just that's that's it's just those those intimate hangs of just friends getting together and stuff so when do you really start singing um because you got a voice and people are going to be hearing that in just a little bit when you play for us i appreciate it um well it wasn't really i don't know i did the whole chorus thing in elementary school but when i got into middle school it wasn't the cool thing it wasn't the cool thing anymore and definitely not in high school it wasn't the cool thing to you know to be in chorus or sing in or anything it's at least for guys like that was kind of at least where i was from in clayton it was more of a girl thing to sing and so i kind of unfortunately let that determine how open about my singing I was going to be. And so I really wasn't singing uh, for anyone or really that much. I started playing guitar at about 14. So, of course, I would try to sing along with my playing as I learned my favorite songs. But really to sing for people, I had a really, uh, I had a kind of a big problem as far as insecurities go that everyone has. I feel like everyone has this insecurity that they're not good enough. And, um, and this song I'm I'm going to play for you guys at the end kind of goes into into a little bit of detail but the the way my dad was raised, you know, single mom in Jersey like she was working three jobs and you know, she would him and or her and her and my grandpa had split and so my dad's parents were split and and uh she was working three jobs to kind of keep them in this tiny apartment and uh sometimes she would drink too much and come home and kind of uh Tell him he was no good or not good enough and stuff like that. And so that kind of scarred him as it would anybody. Yeah. And that that kind of bled over into my childhood a little bit. And so um, for a good amount of years, I, I heard kind of the same thing, that I, that I wasn't good enough or uh, that I wouldn't be good enough. It didn't really matter what I did. And what's really cool about this story is that because my dad loved music, like my dad's major love of music, I ended up loving music, and that became a common ground to now it it brought me and my dad me and my dad have a great relationship now, and now that whole past um relationship between parents and and kids of you're not good enough is kind of gone and and my kids won't have to go through that because me and my dad have kind of squashed that and it's that's really awesome cool. dude yeah, so it's awesome. That is very awesome. So, so you start singing, and as far as like influence, what for you was good music growing up? Because I know you grew up in the church, so yeah. I'm sure there was there were some Christian bands yeah. that were really big for you and things like that. Definitely, but you're in Carolina where it's country mm-hmm. music, but you're also very soulful. Yeah. So for you, what were you what were you playing on your iPod way back in the day? Um, well, when I first started learning guitar, I was learning stuff like John Mayer, Jason Mraz, all day. Like that's what my dad listened to, so I would listen to that. Even some old school like Billy Joel and stuff. My dad loved Billy Joel. He still loves Billy Joel. Jersey boy, of course. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so I would learn a good amount of Billy Joel and I like some of the old stuff, some some Lionel Richie, easy easy on Sunday easy like Sunday morning and stuff like that. So that was where the soul kinda came from. Uh or some like Etta James or, or something like that. So that's where the soul came from. Uh Christian stuff I can't really remember, man. I that was so long ago, and it was—I mean, I say so long ago, but you know, 
I'm still kind of young. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Um, man, as far as Christian stuff, I guess like casting crowns was like really big then, and Jesus culture kind of had just started. Jesus culture kind of blew up. And so I really liked them. I loved the drummer. He always was rocking that mohawk, and I was the drummer first, so I always connected on that level. Um, but yeah, so then, and I tell this story to everybody. I used to, so I used to listen. I was, my parents got these leased cars, and they were really nice, and you could listen to the music on your phone. And that was awesome to me. And so I would listen to whatever was on my iPod, so I was listening to John Mayer and all that kind of stuff. Well, it came around to where I bought, you know, my the first car that I purchased for myself, it was old. It was a 95. It was like almost as old as what me. What do you drive? It was a 95 what? A Nissan Pathfinder. Oh, man. So it was an old, you know, an old radio. You yeah, can't listen to yeah. your phone. So I couldn't listen to my phone. And so I would turn on the radio and pop radio had garbage on. Like pop radio was trash. Uh, there was just all kinds of crap coming out on pop radio. And so I just start. I was flipping through the stations. I was like, I'm just going to try country. Every country song I've heard has a story, and I'm a storyteller as far as my songwriting goes. And so I started listening to country music and Garth Brooks. My dad loved Garth Brooks too. So uh, I started there, kind of Garth Brooks. And But what we've seen lately in country is a more, I don't want to say a more talented singer, but I always had this feeling that, you know, country music was just about being a normal guy singing. Yeah. You know, uh, and there's a cool aspect to that. But I think what we're starting to see with Luke Combs and, you know, obviously Chris Stapleton, these super talented singers. These vocalists. Right. They're vocalists. Exactly. And there's still the story there. But adding that level and that quality of vocal on top of it takes country. It's taking country music genre to another level. And I love it. And so I like to pride myself as a vocalist and, and just trying to continue that. I chase guys like Stapleton and Luke Combs. Like I chase those guys to try to get as close to that level as I can because that's where country music's headed. And like it's, it's really cool to see uh, country being on that talent level as far as vocalists is, is concerned. So I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And even some other guys vocally, like a guy like Mitchell Tenpenny, that can oh, just belt it out. Absolutely. And then on the girls' side, you obviously you have Carrie and you have, yeah, Carrie. You, have, you, have Mar- you have Mary Morris and people like that where there's such a crossover with, with pop and yeah. and country and whatnot yeah. where people that weren't listening to it before. I, I also would yeah. like – I would also love to see some vocal groups. Like I got to give a shout-out, obviously, Little Big Town. They're, yeah. they're, they're some friends of mine now, but – I would love to see some vocal groups coming back, you know. They they got four singers. The harmonies are insane live. And so I don't know, maybe they're out there, but I just I'm not seeing them around as much, but I would love to see some vocal groups coming back. And even to like branch out into stuff that's, you know, not country like to the stuff that I listen to a lot. Like you got your guys like Sturgill mm-hmm. Simpson, Tyler yeah. Childers, they're coming out of Kentucky mm-hmm. along with Chris and like all those guys are phenomenal vocalists. Yeah. You know, and Tyler, I mean, Tyler Childers, I love him. He's a storyteller, but he can sing like no other. That's the thing is that these guys like Combs and and Stapleton and those guys, they're all phenomenal vocalists, but they're also incredible writers. Like they don't – it's not like being – that are so focused on their vocals that their writing's hurting at all. Absolutely. Like those guys can write hits for days. Yeah, that's that's what I – 
That's what I was saying. Like the story's still there. Yes, and very they, much. It, so. They're just adding on, you know, from vocal ability, and I don't know. I think it's really cool. Yeah, man. So for you, what what does uh, success look like in terms of 2019? What are you trying to get done in this year? Now you're, it'll be it'll be a full your first full year here. What are you looking to try to get done? Um, man, I it's hard to say because my my short time here has been insane and. Uh, my, you know, when I was first talking about moving here, people would say, Hey, it's hard to get a gig here, but I had four gigs in my first three weeks. I had four <laughs> paid gigs in my first three weeks, which was like insane. Yeah. People were just like, that doesn't happen, you know? And, and, uh, I guess I just met the right people when I first came here and been around really supportive people who are just trying to help. And it's been, it's been amazing. And then things like Hunter Hayes walking in. So I have, <laughs> I have no idea what 2019 really holds for me but i i haven't released any music on spotify in my entire career yet i would love to do that um more co-writes more just more music more getting into the nashville scene and the culture that's here it's it's so different you know i feel like i've kind of only gotten my feet wet i have so much to explore i would you know i would love to play you know original music i'm i love the covers and i love showing that respect to those the people who have come before me and those hits that have been written those awesome songs but there's just something about singing your own your own stuff that yeah. original music man is is what that just that does it for me i i want to play writer's rounds and i want to i don't know dude i just i love that i love the original culture here Writing your own music. The authenticity yeah, of it that absolutely. doesn't exist in other places. Absolutely. And whatnot. Now, for you, record deal or pub deal? What would you, what, what's, I know, I, I mean, if you're a vocalist, probably record deal. It's probably a stupid question. I would, but. yeah, shoot, dude. I would love a record deal, but uh, either. I mean, either. <laughs> I mean, there's, to me, there's nothing wrong with either one, man. I think one can lead into the other. I think you get a pub deal. I think that leads to a record deal. If you're working with the right people with the same vision as you, uh, if you can get a team around you with a pub deal and you're all working towards the same goal, I think it leads to the other. And whichever comes first, honestly, because I will be so happy with either, dude. That's the dream. Yeah, man. And you're working hard. You're writing how many songs a week, would you say? I know it depends. I know it depends on what <laughs> I want it hits. And I yeah. ask this question almost every episode, and Tyler gives me the look like, man, it depends. Like, I've yeah. told you it depends. Why are you still asking this? But yeah. I'm asking anyway. Yeah, it's almost yeah, it's almost an impossible question just because some weeks it could be ten songs. You know, some weeks it could be two. It could be one. It could be zero songs in a week. Um, it really just depends, man. Um but with the culture here as far as writing and co-writing, if you get around the right guys, you're writing every day. And that's cool. It's also very challenging, also very emotionally draining if you're writing from, you know, from experience or from whatever. And you almost run out of experience to write from if you're writing every day. But uh, I would say first, when I first got here that first week, I probably wrote like seven seven songs that week just because I was so inspired. I had just gotten here and it was just like, holy crap, I'm ready to go and just start writing. And then, you know, as every creative person ever goes through a little bit of a lull or they get, they go on ups and downs and ups and downs. And that's just, you know, that's normal. And how many songs you write will, you know, vary with that. So talking about uh, ups and downs, let's talk about something real quick. Writer's block. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you deal with that, man? 
The answer to writer's block is co-writing. I'm so convinced that that's why you co-write. You get three very talented songwriters in the same room. What are the chances that all three of you are completely blocked that day? Very low. They're very low. And so you get in the room with three people, say, man, honestly, I'm really struggling lately. And I I almost guarantee you by the end of that write, those other two guys will have you out of your writer's block by the end of that session, which is another huge deal in Nashville when you have all these people to co-write with. Other people's passion. There's no way all of us are going to be in a lull at the same time. So someone else, you you get in the same room writing with someone who's on a high and you're in a low. Hopefully, if you're doing it right and they're a good friend by the end of that session, and they're a good friend, like their friendship, you know, determining, you know, anyway. um, If the chemistry's there. Right. If the chemistry's there, hopefully, by the end of that session, you're out of that lull. You're like, this is why I do it. And you're right. There is something to look forward to. So a lot of times, you know, you go into a write and you're, like you said, in that lull and somebody who's on a high mm-hmm. and you all write a song together and it gives you the motivation, the, you know. It's a jump start. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It's a jump and start. it gives you the energy. But I've also been in the room where that person's on the high and you're in the lull and there's like a looking down on. Yeah. And like, why, why aren't you're you in the contributing room with the, You're in the room with the wrong person. Yeah, man. and that's... Kick, you just got to leave that Yeah, room. yeah, that's, that's a bad place to be. If someone's giving you that vibe, man, you don't, don't stay. Yeah, I no. wouldn't stay. Are you a believer in vibes, like energy oh, and I, things like that? I think... Um, I believe that you, that you should walk around with a good energy. I think if somebody is like you, you're, every time I see you, you're smiling all the time, unless you're running security and some dude's annoying you. Ugh, yeah. then, you're that guy, then you're that guy. But, but pretty much for front, the most man. time. It's just a front. It yeah, always is. For the most time, you're smiling all the time. To me, the only way I can describe that is, dude, you have a great energy about you. And, uh, I appreciate I that know. about you, Jacob. Yeah, I don't know about getting into all the details. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know about getting into all the details about energy and, and all that, but like, I, if you got a good energy and you make me feel happy because you walked in the room and you were happy and you're, and you're lighthearted and you're feeling good, you have a good energy to you. And that's freaking awesome. And I'll hang out with you every day because you're always, you got that vibe, you know? And that's the only, that's just, maybe it's for lack of better words, but yeah, I say you got a good energy or you got a good vibe and it just feels good. And so that's good enough for me. There you go. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jacob, man, it has been an absolute blast. Uh, Where can people find you on uh, social media and whatnot? Because that Instagram, it's a big one. (laughs) Um, So like I said, I haven't really put any music out on Spotify yet. Um, Pretty much Facebook, Instagram. Instagram is my main focus. I don't know. I love Instagram. As it should be. That's the way. See, I wasn't a huge Instagram guy. And then I started getting more involved with industry stuff. And I was like, it's a great way where people connect. It's quick. People are always on their phone. That's, that to me is like one of the number one apps where just people, if you're like, if you're just chilling somewhere and you got to pass the time, they're just scrolling on their feed. Yeah. Why not see Jacob Lutz when you're scrolling on your feed? So the story thing has been brilliant also. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's even bled over into Facebook, you know, because Facebook yeah. bought Instagram. They're yeah. kind of they're kind of going in the same direction. But uh yeah, so basically everything that I'm on as far as social media is all just my name, Jacob Lutz. And it's really I mean it's a lot of people don't get just their name, which is there was actually another Jacob Lutz who had it. And there was on Instagram there was this there was this kid and I just searched Jacob Lutz, my first and last name, and he was just this you know, he was like a high schooler and he just was hunting, fishing all the time. And I said, dude, 
you know, I would love to, I'm a, I'm a singer and all this stuff. And he checked out my page and I was like, I would love if I could have that name. If you don't want to give it to me, it's fine. But I would love to just have my first and last name. I'm going to start taking my, my, uh, music more seriously. And he was like, dude, you can have it. Just take it. He immediately changed his name for free. I just got my, got my name and I was like, dude, this is awesome. So <laughs> I, I still follow that kid and I still talk to him, you know, on a somewhat regular basis. He's just like, dude, you're doing so good. And it's Jacob Lutz and Jacob really, Lutz. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah. Was so, he a Carolina boy too? Nah, I don't know. I didn't ask him. Some, some from. hunting, fishing, hunting and fishing, loving every day. Yo, he's <laughs> out there doing that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. And uh, yeah. now real quick, the song you're going to be playing for mm-hmm. us, you wrote it last night. I wrote it last night. Yeah. Kind of the story I've been, I told you guys about, you know, my dad's childhood and then my childhood, kind of that whole insecurity not being good enough and how we overcame that is kind of what this song is about. And uh, it means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, I wrote it last night, the whole thing, about an hour, recorded a little demo, and I'm going to see if I can't play it for you guys, guys today, right now, hopefully. All right, awesome. And not even a title yet, right? This is uh, brand yeah. spanking new. Yeah, not even a title, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys could help me out with that, but uh, yeah, for now, it's just a song about my dad. So Awesome, man. Well, if you want to grab that guitar, awesome. start getting that all Perfect. tuned up. Yep. You guys, thanks for tuning in to the In the Round podcast once again. Uh, it was awesome. This was another great episode. As always, you can jump on intheroundpodcast.com. Our webmaster, another Jacob, Mr. Jacob Albert, is on there. We're, we're posting the weekly roundup. We got all kinds of cool features on there. Coda Bear is operating the YouTube. You can check out all those cool videos. We've got live sessions that are dropping each week on Instagram, on Facebook and all that good stuff so make sure you jump on there make sure you also click subscribe wherever you're listening right now give us a little rating if you think we did pretty good throw those five stars in there now without further ado jacob lutz taking us out with a brand new song here on in the round just a kid just a kid Mama worked three jobs so you both could live in that tiny New York apartment. You would wait for her alone every time. Staying up, worried and restless, always keeping on the front porch light. Well, sometimes the drinking got to her. And she would come home late at night Well, she'd walk in and you'd never know If it was gonna be love or fight So you swore you'd never And you swore you'd never be You swore you'd never You swore you'd never be that way Just a kid, just a kid Just trying to make his dad proud of him He didn't know any better The way that dad grew up made him a little too rough Didn't matter how he did It was never gonna be good enough One day dad took notice To his son singing in a room He walked in with tears in his eyes Said son I need to talk to you Oh son I swear I'll never 
I swear I'll never be I swear I'll never I swear I'll never be that way Well, just a man, just a man All grown up and now he understands That dad and him push the past aside For the next little boy it's a different life For the next little boy it's a different life Cause now I don't have to 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 be that way Way Now I don't have to be that way